Welcome to this episode of Litigation Briefs, Media Shorts on Law and Courts. I'm Scott Dodson, a distinguished professor of law at UC Hastings College of the Law and the director of the Center for Litigation Courts, which produces this series. I'm from California. Say I take a road trip across country with my buddy Tom, who's from New York. While Tom's driving us through rural Indiana, he runs a red light, crashes the car, and injures my leg. Now I need special treatment, so I get life flighted to a hospital in Chicago, Illinois. And despite the special treatment, the injury means that I can never again do strenuous activity like running or playing sports. So I do what any good American would do, I sue. I decide to sue Tom in Illinois where I'm still recovering and I'm suing for compensation for never again having full use of my leg. Now say that California, where I'm from, would cap my recovery at no more than $10,000. Illinois, where I sue, would cap it at $20,000. Indiana, where the accident occurred, $30,000. And New York, where Tom is from, $40,000. Which cap will apply to my claim in my lawsuit? And if I decide to sue Tom in federal court in Illinois rather than state court, would that change? Here to help me with these questions is my guest, Sergio Campos, a professor of law at Miami Law School. Sergio, welcome to the show. Scott, thank you so much for having me. I really hope I can help you too. Um, uh, let's get started. Great, yeah, let's start with some background. Which kinds of different courts are there and what kind of cases can they hear? Okay, so each state has its own courts and court systems. I live in Florida, for example, we have our own court system. You've mentioned California, where you are right now, they have their own court system. On top of the state court systems, we also have the federal government, which has federal courts. The federal courts are located in each of the states, but, at the, but there is a federal state division. There are rules and laws with respect to what case, kinds of cases each court can hear, but in the absence of any such limitation, courts can hear whatever cases are brought before them. And oftentimes parties can choose between going to state or federal court for the same case, and they can also choose which state to go to. So in your hypo, for example, parties could choose between California, where you're from, your buddy's Tom courts in New York, uh, site of the accident, Indiana, or the site of recovery, Illinois. And so uh, these are all possible options in these types of cases. Um, and uh, these types of options can create some complexities. But, uh, um, but that's sort of the general overview of uh, where you can bring these types, so the different courts and where you can bring these types of cases. So say I choose California court for a particular lawsuit. Does the California court only hear cases about California law? So um, you might think that's the case, but actually, no, except with, with very few exceptions, any state can authorize its courts to apply any other state's law to a case. And that's actually quite common. And similarly, in federal courts, federal courts are not limited to just federal law. And, and oftentimes uh, in the type of jurisdiction, diversity jurisdiction, federal courts actually apply state law to cases. So um, just because the court happens to be in California doesn't mean that the law has to be from California in that particular case. 
And what about matters of court procedure and the rules that apply to litigation in a particular court? Ah, this gets even trickier. So you can imagine a situation where a court may decide that, you know, one state's law is more appropriate with respect to what happened in the case. But with respect to how the courts run themselves, what might be called procedural law, each court has its own procedures. Um, state courts have their own state law with respect to the procedures they use to process cases. And federal courts have their own federal rules of civil procedure. So typically, with, 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 a lot of, with some exceptions, courts can, uh, even though courts can use different law for what might be called the substance of the case, um, with respect to the procedure, they tend to use their own rules. So um, damage caps, for example, um, will typically be kind of a substantive type of issue. But with respect to things like, you know, uh, filing requirements, uh, that will tend to be more, they'll, they'll tend to apply to law of their own particular rules with respect to where they are. So in my hypothetical, I sue in Illinois. So the Illinois court will apply the Illinois procedural law to the dispute, but how would it decide which substantive law to apply and in particular, which damages cap? So this gets really, really tricky. So um, typically in, if there's no federal law that applies to the case, then state law will apply. So you do have this bit of a hierarchy where federal law trumps state law. But even if state law applies, there is the question of which state's law. And courts can decide that question in a lot of different ways. Sometimes courts will always apply their own state law. Sometimes courts will apply the law where the accident happened. In this case, it would be Indiana. Sometimes courts will apply the law of the state where the plaintiff or the defendant is from, California, or if you're going back to your hypothetical, um, it was uh, New York. Um, and it, it, it can be super complicated. Yeah, tell me how complicated can this really get? Okay, so some courts sometimes apply their own law for some claims, but a different state's law for other claims. And sometimes they'll apply their own law for some claims and a different state's law for other claims in the exact same lawsuit. Um, and the laws are, they, they, they're, they're complicated. Um, uh, and, but uh, it's not always clear in any given situation, or even in fact within the exact same lawsuit, that any one state law or any one type of law will actually apply to the entire case. So what if in my hypo, Illinois directs its courts to apply the damages cap provided by the law of the state where the injury occurred, so okay. the damages cap of Indiana. But okay. what if it's unclear whether Indiana would apply its damages cap to the kind of damages I'm seeking in my case? What is the Illinois court supposed to do? Okay, so this is the problem of where if a state court decides to use the law of another state, um, it may be it may turn out that it's unclear what that what the state law of that other state would actually require in this specific case. And so typically what happens, and to use your hypothetical, the Illinois court would basically have to guess how the Indiana Supreme Court would apply the damages cap to this particular case. And so, so even if you were able to 
get a clear answer with respect to which state's law applies, that only begin. there's more complications that come because sometimes even if you pick the state law, you don't even know what the state law would be for that particular case. And I'm even starting to confuse myself as I'm trying to describe this. <laughs> and so let me throw in another wrinkle. What about oh boy. in federal court? Okay, in federal court, okay. Then if you're in Illinois federal court, we'll go back to your hypothetical. So um, we'll assume now that the law of Indiana applies, but um, it's unclear what Indiana courts would do or the Indiana Supreme Court would do in this case. So for a federal court, the federal court would look to see how Illinois directs its state courts. And if it directs it to apply Indiana law, which we're assuming is hypo, then that's what the federal court will do. So for the most part, um, in, in, the, in your hypo, the difference between Illinois federal court and Illinois, Illinois state court were actually not different. Um, and so, you know, if the Indiana law was unclear, right, federal court, just like a Illinois state court, will have to guess how the Indiana's, guess how the Indiana Supreme Court would apply the Indiana law to your case. Okay, and so that's a mess. How can we avoid that kind of a mess? <laughs> How can we avoid this mess? There's one obvious solution, Scott. Don't get in a car accident in the end. So, <laughs> but what else can you do? So um, you often see this a lot in some industries where you have a, a lot of sort of interstate activity, interstate passengers, let's say passengers, cruise ships, for example. Parties can simply decide to sign contracts, sign agreements where they decide what law will apply to future disputes. These are known as governing law clauses. And so, so if you use your example of you and your friend Tom had said, you know, we could get in an accident on this road trip. And if we do, one of us sues the other for it, let's just agree now that California law is gonna to apply to our case. And most courts, even those outside of California will enforce that agreement. Um, it's a little uh, it's kind of uh, very legalistic in terms of your relationship with your friend, but if you, Want to avoid this mess? Contract law is there to cre create some clarity. You could even go a step forward and set as a matter of contract a cap on damages that will apply. So you can avoid even a further mess of the, of the different caps that each of the four possible states can provide. So, you know, we can agree that the plaintiff can recover, let's say, no more than 30K, and most courts will enforce that. I really like the point about not getting into an accident in Indiana. I also think I'm going to cancel that road trip with Tom that I had planned. Um, yeah, uh, you know, uh, take a train. I think uh, it's, it's less likely that something will happen on a train. Well, Sergio, thanks so much for being on the show and for explaining how courts decide what law to apply. I hope I, I, I hope I provided a little bit of light on this particularly complex issue. I really thank you so much for having me on this show. Thank you. This episode was produced by the Center for Litigation and Courts at UC Hastings College of the Law. If you enjoyed this episode of Litigation Briefs, I hope you'll tune in to future episodes. In fact, I hope you'll consider subscribing to our YouTube channel and audio podcast, which can be accessed through the Center for Litigation and Courts website at sites.uchastings.edu slash CLC. While you're at it, encourage a friend to do the same. This is Litigation Briefs, respectfully submitted, Scott Dodson.